This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good evening, everybody. You're here with me, Ben Thomas, live on the Twilight Show on Tuesday evening. Uh, I hope you all had a great start to your week. Uh, I'm joined by a very familiar person to me who I'll introduce in just a second. But we're going to talk about a life in teaching, basically, to stay tuned with us as we delve into a 30-year-plus career. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out, with Teachers Talk Radio. Yes, indeed. You're here with me, Ben Thomas, live on the Tuesday Twilight Show. Um, I'm joined by someone who I uh, framed as Liz Jepson, which of course is her name. But she's actually my mum, which is a little bit weird, isn't it? Um, and I thought, you know, she's had a career in teaching. Uh, I really wanted to, to interview someone um, who has kind of uh, been there and done it. Um, and, and who better to, to do that than my mum? So, mum, welcome. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. This, it is weird. Very strange. She's um, she's put on her posh voice for you guys. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, she's, she's literally right next to me. My telephone voice. Exactly. We're back in the garage uh, with the guinea pigs. Not as cool as it was a couple of weeks ago. But, yeah, we are we are live for your uh, listening entertainment. So, um, where do we start, really? So, I, I mean, I, I guess... The easiest way to frame this is, is to kind of talk about myself uh, because it's it's my show. Um, a fairly early age that I wanted to to teach uh, to work with with children, and ultimately that was that was largely because of of my mum. You know, she was the one who kind of got me into it. She was the one who really uh, showed me that it was a you know great career to have, and ultimately she would come home every day and, and talk about all the amazing things that uh, that she was doing, really. And I was able to kind of see firsthand, you know, through a kind of like unofficial work experiences as they were in those days to, to kind of see what she was doing, uh, how she was um, interacting with the children and ultimately how they were kind of interacting with her, really. Um, so I'm going to kind of start right from the... I've got, we've got a kind of an agenda, haven't we? But we have, yeah. we'll probably go off on a, on a bit of a tangent, as we often do. So... Just talk a little bit about how you kind of got into teaching, really, and how kind of, I say in those days, not to be disrespectful. No, no, no. <laughs> but like, <laughs> a while ago. How, yeah, exactly. Like, what, what was the kind of, what made you do it? And what was the training like to way be, back when? To be honest, I don't think I ever, apart from a very brief time when I wanted to be a hairdresser, and my mum said, no, you, you went like that, you've been your feet all day. Um <laughs> And I don't think I ever wanted to be anything else. I mean, my dolls and my teddies were schools. You know, we played schools, etc. I never really thought of doing anything else. Mm. Problem I had was that I went to a secondary modern school because I was borderline um, grammar school with the 11 plus, and you were only allowed to take three O levels, and that was quite difficult. So I had to be had to try quite hard to get in and I did finally find a college that would take me I did have two A levels as well but anyway um and that was way back in 1975 and I um I started um 
we, you know, we all turned to college and the, the first person I met on the first day of college is now my best friend and we're still best friends. We met up last week. Aww. Yeah. So um, I think, what was it like? Um, it was very different to how it is now. Mm. My friend and I were talking the other day and we were saying, Do, did we remember anything that really lessons or tut you know, tutor things that actually helped us be able to teach? And I think the answer is no. I can remember a couple of lessons on Piaget. I can remember <laughs> being a rat, trying to be a rabbit and jump. In a training session. Yeah, yeah. We're supposed to be learning PE and we had to be rabbits. Um, and then... I can remember a couple of lessons on the history of education, which, although they were very interesting. Mm. So, so joining in the September, by the October, I had 42 seven-year-olds almost on the runway at Heathrow Airport. Okay. And every time Concord was coming, well, it wasn't, it was training. It wasn't, it was still been in the prototype. All the children would get up and rush to the window. <laughs> and to make matters worse, the teacher who was actually responsible for the class broke her ankle and was off school. So they basically gave me the class. Okay. Full time. Yeah. I'd had <clears throat> one half a day. In from, the from the September. From the September. Okay. And how many weeks? Was no, that sorry. In? From the October. And how many weeks was that into your training? Oh gosh. I think it was probably six. Wow. Okay. And it was quite an experience because, um, well, lots of reasons. And my tutor was actually a history lecturer who was scared of children and he wouldn't actually come into the class. So he used to watch from the outside and he used to pass me notes under the door about my lesson. <clears throat> okay. So what we're saying is you, you were, you were really new into the training session mm. or training course. What was it called? It wasn't PGC, was it? No, Certificate of Education. Okay, which doesn't exist and been replaced by something No, else. no, it doesn't exist, no. And so he would not come into class no. because the children were just He didn't children. like children. Okay, fine. <laughs> so what we're saying is once upon a time there were people, and I guess there still are, you know, people in education that are trying to train the next generation of teachers mm. to help children. Mm. And you're saying this guy just flowered and like children? No. Okay, okay. That he was must... lovely, but he hadn't got a clue what he was doing. Yeah. You know, he was an academic. Okay. And to be fair, most of the people at the, at the college were, were the same. So it was just literally get on with it. You know, we just, we hadn't really been, had any training. I think we had to produce a teaching practice file. And I think we had to do a case study on a particular child. Right. And I think we had to make some notes of what, we were teaching but it wasn't lesson plans per se yeah. and the schools didn't have um planning okay the teacher would say oh why don't you do money right so there was no <laughs> so in in i keep saying in those days but mm. we're talking no, no, you know, 1975 fine, yeah. or whatever um what what really what we're saying is that there was very little guidance for you guys it was just yeah. you, you want to teach great yeah. crack on with it yeah and yeah. come back to a single major issues. Sink right, or swim. Okay. So in terms of that school in I'm assuming Hounslow, mm. what how did that kind of prepare you for you know the start of your career? Because I'm I'm assuming you did that for what a year ish? Um well the teaching practice a year. I don't I really don't know what we did for the rest of the time because I don't remember having any lectures. Yeah. Um that the first school wasn't too bad. The second school was actually quite supportive the head was really quite supportive mm. that would have probably been in the second year but my final teaching practice so we only had three teaching practice one a year right okay yeah and then the final one 
um, was was the was the all time classic. I wasn't allowed in the staff room. I wasn't allowed to use any equipment. Not that nothing they had at all. much. No, no, nothing. Nothing. Like no. paper clips. No. <laughs> Um, and if, for any young teachers out there, just let me tell you, this was, there was no internet, there were no lesson plans, there was no photocopying. Laminating. No laminating, no, no overhead projectors. Interactive whiteboards. No interactive whiteboards. No. Okay. Um, nothing. Okay, so what you used, I used to do sitting in my digs every night was make work cards mm. by hand and write. write so, I mean, that's not... You know, you talk about the last placement, and I know, and I know, you know, we, we can talk about it from you know nineteen mm. what were they seventy seven and mm. that was seventy eight the last 78, one, yeah. last one, yeah. Um, mm. In terms of that lack of of understanding from uh, you know the staff that were there, how how difficult was that to kind of navigate? You know, because if you're if in a situation where it's like I want I know I want to do this, and you're you're working with the the children and the pupils and that was kind of the driving force behind it mm. but what when when you've got people saying you can't do this you can't do that basically restricting how you're able to do effectively your future job how, how do you get through that to be honest we didn't expect it to be any different right, our okay. expectations were no different in the same way as you know i went into digs my first year digs i shared <laughs> well it was i shared a room with another girl we had nylon sheets on the bed we had no heating we had no television mm. I had a radio and that was it. We weren't allowed downstairs in the evening. We okay. used to have our dinner at or tea at six o'clock and she used to watch Crossroads, the woman who ran it. And we were allowed one bath a week. And that was it. That nowadays, you know, students expect to have a double bed and a television and the internet and yeah. but we didn't expect anything really. Um and I suppose it's that was kind of a reflection of society in general in those yeah. days in terms of expectations of what yeah. almost like class systems where mm. you know what I've I'm I'm older I've done this I've done that and you're going to mm. learn from me mm. and this is how we do it so mm. I mean that's that's quite incredible that you're able to get through that really so after you after you kind of graduated and you you know you mm. completed the course did you then did you say do you know what, I'm going to go straight into teaching. Well, no, because by 1978, there was an absolute, there were just no jobs. Okay. People just could not find teaching jobs, which sounds bizarre now, but I can't really remember why that was the case. I, I really can't remember, but I don't think anybody that I trained with actually got a job straight away. Because all the jobs were filled? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there was people wanting to do the jobs, you oh, just yeah. couldn't get a job? Yeah, yeah, we right. were. Yeah. Okay, so almost the complete opposite of now, which we will come back to yeah. later on, actually. I mean, my best friend did finally get, she went back home to Essex and she did get a job, but it took her about a year to 18 months before she got a job. Okay. And in that time, she worked in a hospital. So stopgap. Yeah. So when you just so people are aware of that kind of career progression mm. you you kind of you got your you know passed the course got your qualifications mm -hmm. what did you do after that i went and started i wanted a, a job well i needed a job because i wanted to get a flat i wanted to stay where i was I didn't mm. particularly want to go home so i got a job in an employment agency and in my head just for the summer but to be fair honest um within times what I would have earned as a teacher okay so there's similarities between then and now as well yeah yeah oh absolutely yeah and, and that, that was Alfred Marx wasn't it it was yeah, yeah. great memory written that down on the yeah. notes there good and um 
And by that stage, I was wanting to get married, wanted to buy a house. So the money was really important. Mm. Um, and so I sort of, I, and I quite enjoyed it. It was all, again, it was all about me building relationships. For me, the biggest thing about teaching is building relationships with the children. Mm -hmm. And I was building relationships with the people that I was trying to find a job for and the people I was trying to find staff for. And that was, I was quite successful at that. Um, so this, this is the thing though, is that I, what, and I don't understand about teaching really, because actually there were so many transferable skills that you can use that people don't realize that are kind of, you know, for me inherent in the job. Mm. So, you know, you, and we, we're going to kind of come back to some of this later on as well about the relationships and, you know, how teaching is now and, and kind of the, the key fundamentals that have always been through. But it, it's really interesting that you were able to kind of almost, not accidentally, but transfer the key skills that you kind of developed over the three years of training into a fairly, I would assume, you know, target-driven, high-profile, uh, I guess at times high-pressurised <laughs> environment mm -hmm. just by building relationships with people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, when I went for the interview, there was several, quite a lot of other people and my my boss said, she said, I want the teacher. She's got what, she's got what we need. Mm. Interview. Um, yeah, and I had... Uh, for a while, I had 250 people a week working for me. No, I don't show off. Dear, you mean it's not popularity hour? No. So you, so it was so it was hard. It was hard work. Yeah. So, so fast forward then, um, you kind of effectively getting back into teaching. Mm -hmm. What was what was the main driver for that? You. Brilliant. What a great answer. <laughs> But like so, so obviously, I, I I started at the school I started. Yeah. Did you did you then go? I I just want to do this because it fits in with the lifestyle, or because you went actually, Joel, I'm really missed. No. What I'm doing. Can't believe you haven't heard this story. So I have, but the people listening. Oh, so, but <laughs> and I enough. think it's really important because actually, yeah. you can, you know, it's not, and there's no sort of you know dark skeletons hiding anywhere. But no. it's it's just interesting for people listen to hear the recruitment process oh yeah behind mm. you know when you think about it now yeah and again we, i keep saying it but we will come back to to what you do now but you know in those days what early 90s was it uh yeah it was actually may 1990 there you go so you, you'd had what 10 years away from the profession give or take uh seven, yeah plus maternity yeah, leave yeah, i guess yeah, so yeah yeah, so talk talk us through that kind of initial conversation. So I chose the school that you, um, it, it was exciting. And I wanted you to go to a school that was exciting. And when we went to the school, the head teacher didn't speak to us. She spoke to you. Some of the other schools we've been to, in fact, one of them referred to, is this the child that, while you were standing there? So, um and as all, as all good parents do, I went along to um, parents' evening. I think it must have been the introduction when you had stuck, because you had just started in reception. And I, start, I asked some questions. And at the end of it, the head teacher came up to me and said, you sound as if you know what you're talking about. And I said, well, actually, I'm, I'm a, I, am, I qualified as a teacher. She said, you don't want a job, do you? And at this stage, I thought, well, actually. It's just like that. You, want yeah. a, you don't want a job. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you want a job? And I thought, well, actually, that wouldn't be such a bad thing because yeah. I was worrying about how I was going to manage with you going to school and me working. Mm. And because um, I had gone back to work, even though it was part time after after you were born. Um, 
And she said, well, we've got a maternity leave starting after half term. Um, and um, do you want to do it? And I said, oh, I, I suppose so. And she said, that's fine then. And so... <laughs> it's just like that? Yeah, just it was literally just and, like that. And did you start almost straight away? Or was uh, yeah, it like... I started whatever the June, after the June half term. So it was, uh, it was supposed to be for six weeks because it was from the June holiday till the end of the summer. Hmm. Um, it was a bit of a shock because in the time that I'd not been there, the national curriculum had appeared. Again, I had 47-year-olds. I hadn't had a lot of experience apart from my first teaching practice. So this was, so this was kind of almost like the, the birth of the national curriculum. Oh, yes, very much so. So it was like the base of the, the very first version. Yeah, with okay. loads and loads and loads of folders. I think for science, there were at least six folders. So they divided science up into all the different areas of science. Okay. And then within that, you had all the different levels and all the different, it was a nightmare, an absolute nightmare. So in terms of you going back into the classroom then in June, what were written, 1990? Yeah. <clears throat> what, what were the kind of, forget the fact that it was, you know, <laughs> a, t almost like a 12 year gap since you've yeah, last been in, yeah, in a classroom. Yeah. What were the key, um, you know what was most difficult we'll start with the negatives first of all the most difficult was the national curriculum because, because of the like, structure of it yeah okay. and the, and the way it was a three form entry and they had decided you were going to teach so for example it would be my week to teach english as it was then before it became literacy and then went back to english and then I would teach the same lesson to all three classes. Okay. And then another week I would teach science. But the recording of that, because we had to assess each child and tick loads of boxes, was very difficult. Um, so there was roughly about 36 children in each class. I had 40, but the others had about 36. Um, that was difficult. Um, well, that's, I mean, you struggle these. I know it's technically legal in inverted mm. commas, but you'd struggle to find classes with with thirty six now, wouldn't you? you know, oh gosh, yeah, yeah, like definitely. That wouldn't happen. Were you on no. your own? Did you have a TA or anything? I did have a lovely TA. Yes, okay. yeah, lovely, lovely TA. Who and I must admit, the staff were incredibly supportive, and could have, you know, could have thought, who is this woman who's just turned up yeah, and hasn't been yeah. teaching? And <clears throat> well, um, I think there's, I think there's still, you know, I, I do it. I, you know, and it's not the right thing to do. But when you when you have people in front of you that are career change, you're always a bit like, okay, what's what's the motive for this? Mm. I mean, obviously now it's like you can breathe, you can teach, so crack yeah. on with it. But I guess in those days, you know, and we're talking we're talking early lines. I, I don't think there was a a particularly big recruitment crisis in teaching at that point. So, you know, having <clears throat> having you step in from like the private sector, there must have been a few eyebrows mm. raised. I guess definitely. Mm. Yeah, I think there were. And I think also the head teacher had kind of bigged me up about right, how okay. marvellous I was. And and I just, I, th I could imagine, I was lucky that they didn't hate me on site, you know. Yeah. So that was... But just, just going back to that, so obviously we'll, we'll come back to what we're talking about, but with the, with the inter there was no interview, was there? No. She just said you want a job and you... Yeah, had to pass it through one of the, the governors. Yeah. Yeah, there was no interview. So when you kind of you see back in and, and obviously talk about the, the class size and the national curriculum what else was was tricky at that point 
to, to do, like, you know, to be blunt, was it tricky that I was at the school or was that not even a... No, it, that wasn't really, apart from one occasion, because we only actually spent time in one in classroom together once mm. when I told you off for sitting on coloured pencils. That's not the worst thing I could do, though, is it? No, it isn't. But when you've got a child in school, you've got to be careful that you don't... <laughs> Luckily, yeah. you were really good and you never really got Thank into you. any trouble. So, good. no, it wasn't difficult. The funny thing that used to be that we used to drive home together and I'd say, oh, what sort of day have you had? And, you know, you'd say, oh, no, didn't do much. And I knew that there'd been Vikings in the hall yeah. and, you know, and and also a disco I, I was, what do you do when your mum's dressed as a dinosaur and you want to get her attention? You sort of tugged me a bit, you know. It, I mean, it is, it's mad, isn't it? I mean, there's so many, so many positive memories of that time, really. Mm. So I guess, you know, we talked about the challenges coming back into the, um, back into the classroom. Mm. You know, it, it's difficult, <laughs> even, you know, class teachers that I work with now, you know, they, they struggle this week because we had half term last week. So we're talking mm. about a week. You know, summer holidays, September is really difficult to get back into. What were the what were the real positives? Like, did you when you walked in? Obviously, the, the first day is a bit daunting. But <clears throat> did you kind of instantly go, "Yeah, do you know what? This is this is me. This is what I'm supposed to be doing." Yeah. Can I just start? I've just thought something. When I what I used to do was I used to come home. Bearing in mind you were five, you used to have your tea and with you. And I used to set my alarm clock for two o'clock in the morning and get up and do my planning for the next day. And, then and I did that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but going back to the positives, and this is a really big thing for me. From the minute I stepped back into that classroom, I had this feeling of this is me. I belong here. I feel totally at ease, yeah. totally comfortable. And in fact, because I was doing my um, probationary year, and the guy who came uh, from... <laughs> so you didn't have an interview, but you did have a probation. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Nice. To me, oh, he came once and he said, you're going to be fine. So I said, oh, right, thank you. That's really nice. And he said, the reason you're going to be fine is because when you say something, it, in, it never sounds for a minute like you don't think it's going to happen. And I don't know how you do that. Students have asked me, how do you do that? And I don't know the answer. Mm. But there has to be something in your voice that when you say, please sit down, most children do. Mm. It's how you say it, isn't it? And that's, you yeah, know, it probably. doesn't matter if it's 1978, yeah. 1990, whatever. Mm. Um, <clears throat> you know, that, that kind of the tone and the, the the meaning behind what you're saying is is really important, isn't mm. it? So did you, did you feel when you, you know, obviously you felt at home and you felt relaxed, or not relaxed, but you, you yeah, no, straight yeah. away you pretty much enjoyed it. Mm. Did you feel like you were in within that kind of probationary year? Did you feel like you were constantly retraining yourself to do stuff? Was it like, oh yeah, I remember this from sort of twelve years ago, or was it a kind of a learn on the job situation? Obviously, you mentioned the guy that that came mm. in from the local mm. council, mm. but was there any other? You know, like if you if you would think about it in these terms now, mm. it it would be very very rare that you would as a school would pick up someone who kind of haven't taught for 12 years it just probably wouldn't wouldn't happen mm. largely because if you yeah for you know reasons we won't go into now but did you feel like you had support or was it like going back to your last training mm. kind of placement mm. where you just left a crack on and you know we'll see mm. what happens in six months no i had i had a lot of support i had a lot of support from um, all, the, all the, the the team that I worked in, they were amazing, and um, I, I 
I, I enjoyed it. It was very hard work, very, very hard work. Um, but it got easier as, as we went along. Mm. And then, of course, what happened then was um, basically I stayed on and came back in September with my own class. Um, what what year, not year, and, calendar year, but what year group did you have then? Year two. Year two, okay. Mm. So primarily inference to start with. Yeah, um, and then I stayed there until... Um, a job in the junior school because it was then two separate schools mm-hmm. junior school came up with what was then a year five and six class mix class right. which so was, you went from the infants yeah to a year five six mix i did yeah okay in a january halfway through the year <laughs> you're not a teacher unless you've taken on a year six class midway through the year right <laughs> we're going to talk about that uh, come back to that in just a second i'm gonna we're gonna hear from our, some of our sponsors now um so that we can uh, move on and talk about uh, what you did in the juniors. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Happy reading indeed. Right, so did you get the job in the in the juniors? Yeah, just walked in and spoke to the head and he said, yeah, come, come on in. <laughs> Recruitment in the early 90s <laughs> was a disaster, wasn't it? Um, so how how was that transition then? Because obviously you ended up uh, you ended up staying at the school for a long time. Didn't yeah, you? I did, yeah. Did you do you think when you walked in the door that that would end up being almost like a, a forever job? Or was it no. like we'll see what happens? No, no, I didn't. Okay. And the reason it did. So there's the variety and there yeah. was opportunities. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. we're talking three, four elementary school, so big school, you mm. know, a lot of changes, I would imagine. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, you know, and, and obviously going from the infants to the juniors was a big thing. So, how did you find having been in the infants for what, two years, a year, year yeah, and a half? Three, I think, two and a half. Yeah. yeah. And then going straight back up to the juniors. How, how was that trying I felt more comfortable with the older children. And they were actually a lovely group of children. Um, and I felt much more comfortable. It was more my sort of way of teaching. And although the national curriculum had to come in, we had a lot more freedom than everybody does now. And, you know, you could, I, I used to love the days when I had all sorts of things going on and there was lots of, you know, different children doing different things. Um, a carousel of activities. Oh, is that what they call it? Yeah. yeah. So that, that was me. And I really enjoyed that um, and also I found it easier to build relationships with children of that age. I mean obviously you can build, you do build relationships with, with children, even small nursery children, of course you do, but I think for me it was easier with these slightly older children um, and I really, you know, really enjoyed that. Um, so you were in this this mix five and six, what was the class size roughly? Probably about thirty. Okay, so mm. slightly smaller. Yeah, about fifteen of each. What what kind of things were you looking at then in terms of, you know, because you you weren't, and I know obviously <laughs> knowing you as you're my mum. Mm. Just a reminder that I'm interviewing my mum on this Tuesday uh, evening Twilight Show. Um, what what kind of stuff were you looking at? Were you just thinking I'm just going to be a class teacher? Were you just kind of waiting for opportunities? Were you looking for opportunities to kind of? I hate the phrase "move up the ladder." Yeah, but, you know. In a three form entry school, there was obviously going to be a lot of leadership opportunities, whether that's with mm. uh, core curriculum leadership, whether that's mm. kind of head of years, I guess, because, mm. you know, mm. and I, I 
um, you probably haven't guessed already, but um, you know, what, what kind of stuff were you looking at and what was coming I don't, up? I don't think I was, I don't think I was thinking. I was literally going from, you know, day to day, year to year, really. I wasn't actually, um, and I was, it was a, for me, it was a really happy time. We had a laid back head who had a fantastic attitude, um, was tough not with not necessarily the children but sometimes with the parents and he you know he wouldn't take mm. any nonsense um i mean i'll be honest his his thing was if you know this is this is our school this is the way we do things if you don't like it there's the door um not something you come across these days yeah well i mean there was an interest we had a, a well not we but the this the station had a podcast uh, last night on you know teacher accountability so if you if you want to listen a bit more to, to that mm. sort of subject then mm. by all means go back in and and, and play it back it was very interesting really mm. and you, you know you're right what you say is that actually there is there is elements of that but there is a very um <clears throat> a very straight line that the senior leaders have to walk mm. and obviously i know from experience being in this school that this guy didn't you know he was he was very very good with with us as as mm. pupils mm. so was he kind of saying to you look you know liz Mm. whatever yeah. you want to be called yeah. not mum I was going to call you mum but that'd be yeah. a bit weird um you know you should be going for this role or there's this opportunity I think or or did the yeah. kind of the leadership opportunities that you had mm. kind of almost arrive by accident and circumstance uh yeah because what had happened was when I was uh in the infant school they because I had worked in industry um they had made me <clears throat> ICT excuse me <coughs> they'd made me the ICT lead and it just so happened that when I went over to the juniors, that worked for them too. And the amalgamated, and I'm trying to think when it was, it was probably about 98, something like that. So the two schools amalgamated and we became one school with 850 pupils. I mean, that's mad. And also, just before you go any further, mm -hmm. can, you, can you just talk about what an ICT or IT lead, what that job was like in 1998? Because nowadays, mm -hmm to be blunt in schools it's just firefighting and trying to scrape money together to buy new ipads mm. so what was it like because it the people might be listening to this going oh ict leave whatever but actually back in the late you know mid to late 90s yeah. this was like the birth of something massive, oh, yeah, wasn't massive it? yeah so what what kind of stuff did you have to so in in the infants we were using bbc um computers with floppy disks Right. If you don't know what a flop, and I'm not, I don't know the demographic of people that listen to this. If you don't know what a floppy disk is, just type it into Google. Be careful. All right. But have a look at what a floppy disk actually is. Yeah. And then you'll kind of understand. And also anyone like me who was born in the, the mid eighties and went to school in, in obviously in the nineties, Pip's Adventure gonna, Island yeah, Pip's Adventure. <laughs> was like, and also having a mum as a teacher meant that I had access to this stuff at home as well. So this was like, this, this was mind blowing game changing stuff. And suddenly <laughs> everyone wanted to come round and, and have yeah. a kind of a yeah, tea at our house because we had Pip's Adventure Island. So if you don't know what those things are, Google them and, and have a look. And that's the kind of stuff we're talking about. Carry on, mother. So then they went over to Archimedes became the, Archimedes. the yeah. And they, the floppy disks then were the floppy disks that had, because the first floppy disks were floppy. Yeah. They were like a round disk. And then they had ones that were floppy inside, but with a hard case. With a little and, silver clip along the Yeah, the little silver clip. And you could store work on those as well, which you couldn't on the others very easily. Um, so that that carried over into the into the junior school. We were all using Archimedes, 
and um, I, um, I, at some point, I'm like, oh, I know what it was. Yes, the um, the deputy head said to me one day, he said, have you heard about these new CD-ROMs? <laughs> and I said, no, I don't think I have. And he said, well, I think we should, I think we should find out about them. I think there's, you know, there's a place to go with those. <clears throat> and this was pre-internet, obviously. Yep, yeah, pre-internet. So he, I went off to the BET exhibition in the January. Which I'm going to, by the way, speaking at in March. Yeah. So just get a little and thing in there. found CD-ROMs. Okay. But I also found... You literally found them. Well, yeah, pr pretty much. Am I I'm not allowed to mention the company. I found a company. You can. You can mention them. Can I? Yeah, of course you can. Research Machines. Right. Do they exist anymore? They do, yes. They do. They do. Um, Research Machines had produced something called a window box. Okay. Which was a computer, uh, so a monitor with a CPU, CP unit at the bottom, and it was preloaded with software. <laughs> It was based on the IBM system, okay. which right. everyone in the rest of the world was using. Nobody was using Archimedes. And um, I came back really excited by this. And so the deputy head and I set about, right, okay, he agreed with me. So did one of the heads who fortunately worked for a computer company, uh, sorry, the governors who worked for a computer company he said, yeah, you're right. We should these children to use Archimedes we should go down the route of the of the IBM system and the window box fitted it perfectly so we started fundraising uh, Tesco's vouchers we had boxes in the local shops we had boxes in the um the station so that people could put their so again I'm, I'm just conscious I don't Sorry, want to be time, like yeah. patronizing at all in terms of the demographic but there was no budget as such for all this brand new equipment was there was there no, a little bit more? No, so no. all the money that was so nowadays when you when you're a subject leader your school will say you've got zero pounds you've got yeah. 50 pounds you've got whatever yeah. and they will physically allocate money in the budget yeah. back in the those days you were basically relying on people to effectively crowdfund yeah. but with physical vouchers that you've got yeah. from tesco's was yeah. it every 10 pounds you spent i can't remember honestly can't. no i think it might have been less than that was it but it was yeah. it, literally so people would walk into school if they're like school with these massive wadge of of vouchers and go mm -hmm. here you go and that would obviously buy the equipment for the yeah. you know for the next year for the year after and so on and so on so you kind of relied on the goodwill of the community which again you know, we could we could do a separate podcast. Well, we have we have done a separate podcast on communities and schools, but that was a really big driver, mm. and it's the same sort of latterly with the Sainsbury's PE mm. vouchers, which mm. people may or may not be aware of. Yeah. That used to be the PE budget. Basically, you'd have to allocate what you wanted to buy. Window boxes. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and I had one, and my somebody else in my team had one. And it, we just, um, it, it was just amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And that started a kind of um, relationship with myself and research machines, which ended with me being part of their team of uh, people who trialed stuff for children and I made a video for them. And um, they actually helped us. They actually gave us some window boxes. And then we did, uh, the deputy head managed to get us some money. So we, we started to put a window box in every classroom. And of course, the next thing that came along was the internet. Yeah. So then we had to, we had to think about how we were going to do that. So we turned the old staff room into an ICT suite. And 
I'm not sure where we got the money from for the actual units. We must have. I really can't remember, but we we did manage to get that. So talk talk about that because obviously nowadays, you know, we we walk into a classroom and we expect to have Wi Fi, uh, interactive whiteboards, everything working. Well, mm. <laughs> say everything working, but mm. you know, you expect it to be there and, and yep. kind of functioning. What was it like going from effectively doing everything on paper, um, everything, you know? kind of obviously because photocopies at this point were were becoming more established. Mm -hmm. What was it like going from, okay, well, we've just got to use textbooks to, oh, my God, here's the internet. Like, what was that like for both, you know, you um, but, leading that, but also, like, the kids? Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was great. It was, it was difficult because, obviously, we only had that in one room. We yeah. didn't have any internet access anywhere else it was it was all dial up through one one room and um so we we used to, we then gave each class a time mm -hmm. like you would a hall time to be in the um to be in the ict suite and what then became really obvious was that hardly any of the staff had any 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 idea how to teach this they hadn't got a clue and and again i suppose that's the thing that people take for granted now because you you think about you know your grandchildren, my mm -hmm. children, mm -hmm. and the and how technology savvy they are. Almost adults that were were very well established in their field. You know, very successful teachers, very good teachers, having to learn this brand new, you know, alien technology basically. So mm -hmm. that must have been from a leadership point of view to kind of change some of the old guard over to thinking you don't need that book anymore or you don't need to, to, to copy mm. reams and reams out of a textbook. It's mm. on this screen. Mm. Like what was the, how did you kind of work around the, the kind of naysayers, if you like? Um, yeah, I think it was only really, they were only doing a lesson. So they weren't really used, they weren't using it in the classroom as such. They were only teaching a lesson. So what was difficult is they didn't know what to teach. So say, for example, you were teaching the children how to use Word. They didn't know how to use it themselves. So I eventually... <laughs> like a recipe for disaster. Then. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but we all have those IC lessons, And the lessons, children right? aren't like I the do. children are now. They had, they had no experience at home either. They yeah. didn't have anything at home, so it was the blind leading the blind. So what I did was <laughs> I bought um, a, a scheme of work that had work cards that basically showed you how to click on this, do this, do that. And the teachers were learning with the children. Mm. So their children were, we had, I think it was um, one computer between two children roughly. And then um, they were learning with the children. And that must have been quite difficult. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a challenge. And I, and I guess that's, the, you know, we, you've already touched upon relationships, which we will come back to later on in terms of what education's like now and teaching is like now, in, in your opinion. But, you know, fundamentally, and I've always said this, and I know you've always said it as well, in order to be a, a good teacher or a progressive teacher, you've got to want to be able to learn and improve as well, mm -hmm. because that's that's what we're asking the kids to do every day, yeah. right? Yeah. Regardless of, of, of level, of... Um, you know, any kind of exams they learn for whatever they you've as a as a teacher, you've got to be able to learn. So it must have been quite point of view to kind of implement this whole school change reasonably mm. quickly, mm. managing quite a you know, quite a big budget, yeah. but also then yeah. all the kind of the the two fate that comes with, you know, teething problems of of new technology. Mm. Yes. And all and all, you know, the children all had an email account. Um, none of the teachers did 
Um, and the, by this time, we got a new deputy head who was who was young and really really up and coming. He we, we had change of head, change of leadership, and um, he was he you know he was really on this with me and we drove it forward. But the, one of the things that happened was I said, right, all the children need their own floppy disk and everything they do, they save. On it, yeah. So if they were doing a picture in one of the things on the window box, whatever they were doing, they would save it writing, save on the flop onto the thing. And then that could be transferred from the ICT suite. And it, when it was their time in the classroom to be on the computer, I had a rotor in my class. And during <laughs> that day, two children did everything on the computer as far as they possibly could absolutely everything that was the way I ran it when we were off studied the um the he didn't he was an Archimedes man he couldn't get his head around it and he kept saying why is there no work out there why is there no I said it's on the floppy disks and he just couldn't get his head around it mm. so one night the deputy head and I sat up till midnight and printed off all the work that these children had done from the floppy disks and presented it to him in the morning and he still wasn't happy <laughs> but he had no Doesn't idea sound like upset, does it no yes. um right we're gonna go we're gonna go to some news and then we're gonna come back to you uh not you but we're gonna carry on with our chat uh, mm. with my mum liz jepson who is currently sitting right next to me um and we're gonna talk uh, a little bit around kind of what happened after the internet boom in teaching mm -hmm. and kind of how your career panned out from there. So stay with us and here is some news for you. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. This is Teachers Talk Radio. And this is Teachers Talk Radio News. STV reports that a council in Scotland could become the first to open schools for four days per week. According to the report, West Dunbartonshire Council is currently considering the proposals alongside a range of other measures as part of a bid to plug a £15 million funding gap. Currently, primary schools in the county are open to pupils from 9am to 3pm each day, with secondary schools running an asymmetric week with seven periods on Mondays and Tuesdays and six periods daily, Wednesday to Friday. The new proposals would see primaries open Monday to Thursday with hours of 8.30am to 3.45pm and secondary schools running an eight period day, Monday to Thursday, beginning at 8.20am and ending at 4.10pm. The plans were shared with parents and are for the 2023-24 to 24 academic year. Considered for education across the council, are a reduction in the number of learning assistants, a review of grants for uniform, removal of breakfast clubs in primary schools and swimming lessons for pupils in primary four. Western Bartonshire Council says the plans would have no impact on teaching time or teacher numbers, but that savings would be made in costs for transport and energy usage. It does acknowledge that the proposals may impact upon childcare arrangements for parents and that consideration must be given to support vulnerable children. 
Plans for fifth aid provision for those children is being explored. The plans are likely to find favour with unions as during June 2022's AGM for Education Institute Scotland, delegates backed a motion calling for a move to a four-day week, stating that it could improve the standard of teacher well-being. There is some concern, however, on the possible impact of the sort of move on those with non-teaching roles in schools. The Council will consider proposals during a meeting on March the 1st, 2023, before any further steps to consultation can be taken. The Channel Island of Guernsey has released the finding of its latest Young People Survey. The results seem to indicate that vaping in schools is on the rise and that there has been an increase in bullying reports amongst children in Year 8 and Year 10. In better news, 40% of pupils surveyed believe their school now takes bullying seriously a significant increase in the 26% figure from 2019. There has also been a significant uplift in the numbers of young people who cycle or walk to school, from 26% in the 2016 survey to 40% in 2022. Year 6 pupils walk or cycle the most. In terms of health, 40% of those surveyed admitted to trying vaping, although cigarette usage was down at only 15%. More Year 10 girls vape than Year 10 boys. The survey is completed every three years. Finally, Sir David Attenborough has praised Sunderland University's decision to join BAFTA's Albert Education Partnership to teach students the importance of creating sustainable content. Students on Sunderland's MA Media Production Programme will benefit from teaching on topics such as the science of climate change, the environmental impact of the film and TV industries, sustainable pro production practices and creating content with strategic environmental purpose. Sir David said that saving the planet is now a communications challenge. Whilst Gary Stubbs, leader of the MA programme at Sunderland, said the university's film and TV department is set to take green issues to task. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm asking a question that you don't dare to ask. There are some things in life that you're desperate to know, but just can't find the right person to ask. And when you try to search for it, incognito, of course, the answer still eludes you. Whether you're returning from, are on, or you can count on me to address the tech issues that face us in our classroom. Today, I ask... What is that bloody big hole in my desk for? You know, the round one that's too big for a cup holder and if I poke any wires through it, the second I unplug and change rooms, they tie themselves into an array of knots that a master sailor would be proud of. If you're driving or operating heavy machinery, pull over, I've found out what it's for and found a use for it. It's called a desk grommet and it is for wires, but it's for wires when you're not hot desking and you're staying at the same desk with the same equipment. Some clever companies have come up with some solutions that you may want to get your school to invest in. The most basic is a flexible rubber desk grommet. This simply shoves into the hole and has a star-shaped rubber grip. Pull wires through it and they won't slip back through. I found a pack of three 
for £7. Bargain. Invest in a bit more, you can get a kit to make it a USB charging station. Now that would be rather more useful for bouncing from lesson to lesson. The cheapest I could find was around £20. Using the search term desk grommet cable management, I found for £27 a grommet with a standard UK plug socket, two USB charging ports and an RJ45. For the non-geek, an RJ45 is the ethernet cable socket you plug your computer into to get the internet using a wire. This goes to show there's a text solution for everything. Do you have a task? Why not send it to at TT Radio Official? I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Well, we are back live after the news. Uh, you are here with me, Ben Thomas, on the Tuesday Twilight Show, here with my mum, Liz Jepson, career teacher. We called you career teacher, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot to, to go on, and I don't think an hour and a half really does us uh, or does your career any any justice, really, but we can um, certainly unpick some things. Just before we, we talk about you, um, obviously the news mentioned vaping in schools. Is that... You know, for somebody who doesn't have any connection to secondary school, is that concerning for you? Yeah, I would have thought so. Why? Well, I, I assume what because I mean, the, it hasn't been proven, has it? That it's, it's still damaging. Mm. It's it's not a good thing to be doing. You know, they they they're encouraging them to do it. I don't, I can't honestly see the point of that. I mean, it, it, it's like anything, isn't it? You know, obviously, when I was at secondary school, there was I'm sure you were yeah. as well. But you know, there was there was a smokers' corner of which mm. I was not part of, by no, the way. No. Uh, you know that, and yeah. I know that. Um, but you know, it was it was kind of no go areas of our secondary school. So I, I, I mean, I'm assuming, kind of a bit ignorant to this because I don't work in a secondary school. But I'm assuming that's the case now. So it, it the numbers that that they're talking about there are, are quite, you know, I mm. say horrific, but it's not great, is it? Um, you know, and and also the bullying issue as well. Mm. It's you know, do you think, kind of a large question really, but do you think schools, in your opinion? because we're going to come back to, to what you're doing now, which mm. you still have a hand in. Mm. Do you think schools do enough to address sort of bullying problems? Um, I can only speak for primary schools. Um, I, I think they say, yeah, I, th I think most of them do. The, the thing that really scares me is is the sort of online cyberbullying that, go, yeah. that goes on in secondary schools. And I'm not actually sure. I mean, I did have one experience of it in a, a year when I was doing supply in a year six. And... Um, the head there just brought the police in straight away, and um, but I, I I don't know. It's it's a tricky one, isn't it? I think um, it is it is a problem, and it, it I think that's particularly the online thing is is and of course it's outside school, isn't it? So yeah. I don't know how what legally what they can do. I mean, there's there's so much. Again, it, we could we could run a separate podcast on kind of you know mm. issues that that face our you know young people and pupils and stuff. But yeah, for sure, like as a as a current. Um, Deputy head, it's it's it you know it, it is a major issue for mm, sure. It's it's mm, a very concerning mm. thing because it you know pardon the pun, it's very difficult to police and mm. and and deal with outside of school. So yeah, it's it's not it's not great really. I mean, I don't think bullying's any different to when I was at secondary school. You know, you didn't go in the toilets if if you had any <laughs> sense, you know, and you kept out of the way and yeah, yeah. and changed schools when we moved from London and. Um, and I think what the difference I think now is it's much more um, uh, because of the online thing, it, it's it's so much more invasive, isn't it? You can't get away from it when you leave school. So you're right, you might be bullied at school and picked on and people might call you. Um, 
but you at least when you got home you had a safe space yeah, now you true. haven't got that yeah that is a very good point actually it might sound obvious but that is mm. that is a really good point so kind of linking back to you know the technology element you know mm. we, before we went to the news break you were talking about um you know the, the kind of leadership of of ict and the, the you know the birth of the internet in schools mm -hmm. and how that was used and if you if you're just joining us i don't know where you've been but you can catch <laughs> up uh, later on you missed a cracker of a show so far um it, you know so we're, we're kind of into what early early noughties now yeah, yeah i'd yeah. left that yeah. school because obviously yeah. we you know i was i was at that school yeah. as a pupil yeah. i was well into my kind of secondary mm. um you know secondary education what what made you keep going what made you stay at that school rather than look at other schools and kind of um, where were you going in kind of the early noughties so what what had happened was when we amalgamated we got a new head and the new head had this really weird um way of organizing the school so she split it into houses but they weren't the sort of houses that you would normally have to reward children by house points this was a way of having a, somebody as a head of that and then people underneath it. And they decided that the four subjects would be, um, obviously, English, maths, science, and ICT, because ICT was obviously a really big thing at mm. that time. And so because of that, I became what was called head of house, which was kind of above. Um, like what Hogwarts. I, yeah, was a bit. <laughs> An um, early Harry Potter. Up until then, we'd had year leaders. Okay. so and so but then we so what we then had was a head of house and then a year leader and it was a nightmare it didn't work and she eventually left but that's how i ended up getting a management uh, role because i was in this um and so when we reorganized again i then became head of year which mm -hmm. was much more possible. Um, so when you say head of year, as in like you were literally just looking after year four, year three, yeah, or whatever it was. Yeah, so three yeah. classes. No, it was four. At that four time. classes. Yeah. And what year was that? Uh, what, uh, what year group? The not... first, I, the, when I, the first time it happened, I was year four. Okay. So then I'm guessing that the school structure was there was head of years basically. Yeah. For a bit like a secondary school format yeah. where you've got. Yeah, yeah, everyone, head of years. Yeah. And then they kind of. Who fed... had a responsibility for a you know also, a core subject yeah. okay, or a curriculum area mm -hmm. and then they kind of fed into the larger team yeah of well we yeah we were uh, yes yeah, so i think we had an, we had the head the deputy and then later on we had an assistant head as well okay so with those changes you're talking about with the different heads mm. um you know and the kind of the, the, the different personalities that came in how did you how did you find that did you ever think oh, do you know i've had enough i'll go and go back to not alfred marx but no, <laughs> read no. recruitment or whatever um, they are now I think that was probably the most difficult time um, because it, it it didn't really work, the, particularly the first person we had. Yeah. And they had, they'd had a lot of people apply for the job. Bearing in mind, we were probably the biggest primary school in the country, high profile. They absolutely picked the wrong person for the job. She knew it. We knew it, you know. Um, that must have been difficult as well if, you, yeah. if, you, if everyone knows that yeah. it's like the elephant in the room that you yeah. shouldn't be there and you just, yeah. you know and getting through that must have been pretty tricky it was hard yeah it was hard so how did you do that relying on people around just you? the people around me and my team were brilliant and we you know i basically by then i think more so than had been maybe at the beginning in the 90s you know behavior issues were becoming more 
we had more children with issues of one sort or another. So just unpick that a little bit. So when you when you because obviously now with behaviour issues are it's a very broad spectrum because of the differing needs, mm -hmm. uh, different economic mm -hmm. backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Just talk a little bit around the kind of the behaviour um, elements that you were starting to face in those kind of well early two thousands. So children who, I mean, in probably when I first went back into the junior school, 92, we had about two children in the school who were disruptive okay. and didn't do as they were told. Um, by the time... Because you know, it was an SEND need or just because they were uh, just... Family issues mainly, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and a, probably a couple of... We probably had some ADHD children and... I don't think we had any autistic children that I can remember. Because mm. um, the diagnosis in those days, they were quite, not new, but there wasn't, it wasn't as, no. say, prevalent, but it wasn't, do I even say accepted? I'm not even sure that's the right word, but it wasn't, there weren't people actively looking out for these particular issues. No, no. And there were no, I don't know what you call them now, but IEPs, yeah. individual education plans didn't exist. And I guess they were just classed as naughty children. At that yeah. Point. yeah. Although to be fair, we actually had, we did have really good, you know, a lot, we, did, we had a lot of people who came in. So gradually as that, that um, the behaviour became more of a problem, probably I think because the leadership was poor. If you've got a head who mm, the children and the staff all know he won't tolerate this, yep. it's not acceptable, and he, you know, he will ring your parents up and say, "Take this child home," yep. um, and then you have somebody who's never around and actually only used to speak to the children by using a megaphone at lunchtime. Um, so <laughs> it was really not surprising that the behaviour did start to to fall. And maybe by then, you know, society was changing. You know, the area the school was in was quite a deprived area in a lot of places. We had a good mix, but yeah, there yeah. were a lot of children who were living in poverty. And um, and that, you know, that's interesting to interrupt you there, as I often do. But just that's a really good point about the, the, the tolerating because, you know, we I was on the, the weekly review with, this, you know, some of the guys from the... Um, from the, the radio at the weekend and, and we were talking about you know the use of language and the kind of the the sex children in schools mm -hmm. and i made the point that actually it's about what's it, what's expected what's allowed in that school what the consequences are for that behavior so you're mm -hmm. right so again you can we can look at a career that effectively started in 1975 mm -hmm. with a gap in the middle but what you're saying the key thing is is relationships mm -hmm. and also strong expectations yeah and consistency as well yeah. consistency you know if if you expect you know uh, going back to what the guy said to me if when you in your classroom you you expect what you say to happen be quiet stop talking mm. i expect that to happen unless you make make that happen and get on top of that and when you say everyone stop talking you mean everyone mm -hmm. and you wait until everyone does that <laughs> i'll know. wait until we already yeah, well, yeah. Then, you know so that sort of thing but they did then bring in um the school did actually bring in um a behavior management system which i still think is very good at the time i was really anti it and it caused an absolute hoo-ha for the parents. But actually, I personally think it's it's a good system. And it was based on the fact that you reward the good behaviour you do, mm. but the 
the unacceptable behaviour was was challenged and actually dealt with in a way that um so so it, was, it worked on smiley and sad faces so you would the the guy who, who made controversy people know, listen to this will be yeah dropping their mugs yeah spitting out their couscous all sorts you can't say things like that well but that, of its time though. yeah of its time and what he said was we spent a lot you spend a lot of time saying to children either well done or don't do that and he said if you walk into a classroom and children doing the right thing smiley for you smiley for you smiley for you and yeah. that they would build up their their smileys in stickers and they would get a present a gift after they filled their book up the the other side of it was a sad face was um it was a warning not necessarily a sad face and if they got two in the morning they lost their playtime mm. and it was organized in the school so that the what they called the reason room which was why you were there <laughs> Do you know what? i'm literally i'm li I, and i'm gonna i'll tell you when mm. we've when we've kind of i say mm. finished well that's not true but when we've kind of got through the, the different <laughs> career elements mm. you know I'll, I'll come back to this i keep saying this for this podcast but there, there are yeah. things that we'll, we'll come back to but you you look at that now, and I, I you know I I finished my PhD in what two thousand and seven, mm. and it, you know mm. spoiler alert I ended up so I went to this I went to this school mm. and then my mum uh, came back to the school while I was there to teach and that's where she stayed to teach, um, but then I then went back to that was my first two thousand and eight, so not only did uh, I go to the school, I ended up working there. But also, massive, you know, plot twist that no one saw coming. Mum ended up was 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 a pupil at that school, and then ended up teaching at that school as well. So how bizarre is that? So you've got you've got two people that over their generations went to that school as pupils, but then ended up getting effectively their first teaching job yeah, there as well. Yeah, yeah. His head that that mum's talking about now brought in this stuff. He gave him my first job, so I'm never ever going to criticise him for that because he was absolutely. And I said to you, he was great mm. for me. Yeah, yeah. And we'll talk and a little me. bit about you know why you ended up leaving mm. in due course. Mm. But the idea now, and it was it was all a raise. Like when when we were training, it was like you know that that kind of high profile, visible praise and that visible mm. um, negative. Uh, you know, you've done something wrong. It was it was literally all the rage. And anyone who who kind of uh, trained around that time regardless of the university or course you did, most schools were doing that kind of visible, positive, negative, yeah, sad yeah, face, smiley yeah, face, yeah. or variations, yeah, yeah. or that, you know, even worse. Yeah. I'm cringing thinking about it. But the whole traffic light system, you know, yeah. and it's it's there are elements that creep back into teaching nowadays. But you know, traffic talking, light systems are still out there. Yeah. And and, and, and they and don't can, work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we can we could do again, I've said this a number of times, but we could do a whole different podcast on you know, visual behavior systems, it it depends on the setting, it depends on the expectation, but by and large, you know, the critique is that they're just not valuable anymore, you know. Well, but in those days, you know, that was that was the given in the yeah. same way that, you know, when the National Curriculum, as mum said, when it came out, you you were given all these pamphlets and these books and everything else. Same yeah. with people that used Abacus back in the kind of the mid to late yeah. naughty. Mm. That's how I started teaching. You teach yeah. on those laminated sheets. Yeah. You'd have the PowerPoint and ended up, you know, all this stuff was mm. was really prevalent. So, you know, you, you, you're talking about, you know, a school and a system that had a really stringent behaviour policy. Whether we agree with it in 2023 now is is kind no, of by no, the by because yeah. it, it it happened. Mm. So, in terms of those changes, were you still, you know, going into work every day and going, Do you know, what? I'm still enjoying this? Yes. 
Absolutely. More so than previously? Um, no, probably not, because by then what had started creeping in was, um, oh, you know, appraisals, mm -hmm. uh, peer assessments. Um, Did they have performance-related pay before you left? Or was no. No, no. Um, got me used and then we had uh, where what was it called? Where you uh, when the government brought in? So if you've been teaching for a long time, you could apply to stay as a teacher but get extra money, and you were supposed to get it just because you've been a long-term golden handshake. No, that was when no. you joined. Can't remember what it was. They called probably there. had some fashion. And, it, but our head said you had to do something extra for it. So as well as being a year leader, being the ICT coordinator, I then had to take on CPD. Um, and <laughs> it was, it you know, that, that was was a lot. I've got a lot of staff working for me, a lot of children. Behaviour was becoming an issue. And, you know, the, the merits of that scheme, I understand, are not, are not good now. But, you know, at the time, it did help us have a tool to try and deal with it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the thing, isn't it? You know, in terms of any school, you have to be, you know, all, all on all on the bus, yeah, all in the right yeah, seat, that yeah. stupid phrase that people yeah. chuck around as like a, you know, life-changing affirmation of teaching, which is nonsense, mm. and investing and buying into the systems that are there. And, you know, we're, we're talking about what, when did you leave that school? When did you go, do you know what, I've had enough full-time education? Uh, but, I can't remember. Uh, actually as you moved in and then you moved into my classroom so i left in 2008. no you didn't sure yeah because that'd be even weirder i i started that i started i got my my job there yeah in september but 2008. i already left then you definitely already left yeah but i thought i left in the july and you started in the september no nah, i think you left before that or maybe maybe the year before yeah, there yeah. was it was it was a it was close. I don't but... think we could have done that. I don't we couldn't have ended no, up. We definitely didn't work no. at the same time. No, anyway. no, no, you didn't. We weren't there. I'd left and you you came. Okay. Was it with two thousand five? Because I was at uni. Oh no, I actually you're right, because I was at another school when you Yeah, yeah no, I'm with you. Yeah. God, shout out. But it was close though. So before you so we talk talk a little bit about mm. why you decided to go, I've had enough. Mm. Okay. Um but before that, have you got any kind of like standout stories from just that kind of that period of time or anything that you go that you you know so th th as I said to you the, the reason that I've kind of brought you on is because I wanted to talk to someone about a career in teaching mm. because you know as well as I do and the stuff that I tell you that no one's sticking with well that's what that's not true a lot of people are sticking with teaching no, they're just going you know I've had enough now yeah but you you were at that school so let's just say 2005 I think so it was you seven. were there for between 15 and 17 years yeah, yeah it was oh yeah 16 okay yeah so i've been teaching for 15 years so you stayed at the same school yeah for that length of time with obviously different roles within yeah. the school which is a base like moving schools mm. it was yeah amalgamation Very much so, yeah. Into juniors. Mm. what when you look back on that time mm. now that kind of massive chunk of your life mm. what what are the kind of standout things for you either like a, a story or kind of the impact that you may or may not have had or yeah. like, you know, cause I, I saw you firsthand, you know, on, on occasions dealing mm. with children and, mm. you know, I kind of came in to just kind of get a, a very rough feel for what was going on and mm. how people were and, and all mm. that sort of stuff. But what. Um, Stan, I think the fact that I know, I know that, you know, for example, 
Um, I remember one time when I decided to split two children up and put them in different classes when they went to another year and the parents were, these two children had been together from nursery and the parents were horrified and yeah. really didn't like it. And I just said, look, I'm, you've got to trust me. This is, I really think this is best for these two children. One of them is being held back by the other. And it was very nice that both parents actually came and said to me, you really did the right thing. Mm. They were very gracious in saying, we're sorry we gave you a really hard time. We don't you get that these absolutely days. absolutely did the right thing. Um, and I think I know I've met, um, I've met some of the, the um, TAs that we had in the school, their children were at the school because it was such a large school. A lot of the people who worked in the school had children yeah, at the school. Yeah, yeah. And they've said to me, I know one in particular that, her daughter's become a teacher because of me because of she we had a, such a good relationship and you know I bump into people or I did before we moved out of the area but you know and they would remember and they would say oh I really liked you and some somebody said the other day um on Facebook oh thank you for letting me use the playtime because I'm now running my own computer business wow you know and I thought well that's and probably the biggest, you had a thing about PSHE the other week. I did, great show. And it was very interesting. Thanks. And I remember doing a, a PSHE lesson with, PSHE lesson with a year six class. And it was about part of a package of moving on to secondary school. And we were talking about saying no and how you, to say no and how it was difficult sometimes to say no. And I was mm. saying to these children, you know, when you get to secondary school, there are going to be so many more opportunities where you are going to have to stand up for yourself and say no. So someone's going to try and get you to smoke. They might. Try. And there was a, a lovely family in the school and I taught actually all four boys. And this was the eldest boy and he'd left and he'd gone on to secondary school. And two years into his secondary school, um, he came back into school one evening with his his brothers and his mum and I said oh you know lovely to see you how are you and he said I've, I've come to thank you and I said what on earth for he said well I found myself in that situation that you talked about um some boys had stolen the car and tried to get me to get into it and he said I had your voice in my head saying mm. there's going to come a time when it's going to be really important to say no and he did and um they 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 were injured there was, there was a crash and and you know that was it not bad but he yeah. didn't get in and all, well also they they were breaking the law so they were going to be in trouble with you know mm. the police um and his mum came and thanked me as well so you actually think probably you know that that's a big thing that somebody remembered mm. all that time afterwards and he said i had your voice in my head yeah i mean that you know that we could we could end the show on that couldn't we because this <laughs> is this is the whole point and this is you know, I've I've said before, and you know, I said at the start of the show. You know, the, the the fundamental reason that I got into it is because I enjoyed it, but also I got that enjoyment and that focus from you in terms of actually, you know, what it's actually an all right career and it's a yeah. it's a fun job. Yeah. You know, um, it is fun. Yeah, and and it, you know, I've I've been lucky. I've I've obviously had some some very difficult times in the last fifteen years, but you know, ultimately, at the moment, as I've said in in previous podcasts, I I really enjoy what I do and probably the happiest I've been you know what you're saying there is the things that we go through as teachers whether you are new whether you are established whether you're just about to leave those lessons that you think actually John, this is just not a tick box but like mm. it's on the it's on my plan it's on the curriculum mm. it's what i've got mm. to do mm. in terms of the 
you know, curriculum guidance that I've got. But actually, this effectively saved him from a very, very nasty yeah, incident yeah, that yeah. could have had severe repercussions. And a police record, probably. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's. I'm sure you've got loads more. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, similar yeah, ones like yeah. that. But that's fundamentally that's kind of what we've said all the way through this podcast in terms of teaching it. Mm. Um, we're going to hear from our sponsors, and then we will come back. Um, God blimey, we're rattling through this. We've got mm. just under twenty minutes left. Oh, anyway, gosh. here's here's a message from uh, from John Cat. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Don't miss out. It's um, it's a great website and check it out with all the resources they've got there. Um, you know, and and by all means, sort of peruse what they've got because it's very very good. The resources there. So um, yeah, that was a message from our sponsors, John Cat. So fast forward then mm. to when you went. Do you know what? I've had enough. Yep. Talk us through that kind of you know because we we can't quite work out the year, but we no. think it's around about two thousand five, two thousand six, or two thousand and seven. I don't think was i think it was i think it was earlier uh, i think it was about 2005 because i was at university i remember you saying I'm it was done 2000 now. it was certainly before 2009 because That's something happened in 2009 yeah. i remember where i was when that happened so uh, anyway um do you know what i think it was there were several there were several things there were so many new initiatives during yeah. that time you know we had somebody come in and say You've got to sing your times tables. You've got to do, you've got to do, I had a lower ability math set. I was supposed to sing things with them in maths. I had to do actions with everything. We're talking about, you know, learning styles and things, which I get totally important, really important, but it got ridiculous. And you no sooner got used to one thing, you'd have another one. You'd have somebody from county come and say, as somebody said to me, I hadn't taught these children enough. Frankly, they would have the chip, the class I had then, they would have et him up and spat him out. If I could get them to sit down and do anything, we had a win that day. Mm. And as for me not teaching them, he had no idea what where their starting point was and where we were going after yeah. that. So those sort of things. So was, parents, that the, was that the one instant or was there was there oh, one there thing? Was others, yeah, was no. there one thing that you went actually oh, this is literally Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we'd I had taken 120 children um, to, we, we had decided to have a whole activities week as part of our healthy living. And I had taken them all, we'd done all sorts. We'd done skiing, we'd done- I think I came you know, on that ski Yeah, trip, you did. And we went to an ice rink and one of the children fell over and I was dealing with that. And I thought she'd broken her arm. In the meantime, a child had um, gone out to change his, didn't like his boots or something. And he was found outside and he was told to come back in. And he said to me about his boots. And I said, give me a minute and we'll sort it. Because of this child, we had to take her off to hospital. Forgot all about it. His parents wrote a letter saying that I had deliberately ruined his experience because I hadn't let him change his boots. Yeah. And I absolutely lost it. I had to be dragged into a room because I had completely lost. I was so angry. Yeah. You know, and and that, and that was when you went. Oh, I'm, I've had enough. Yeah, being a it almost was. It was that. Things. That was probably the tipping over the edge. 
and the fact that the the head dealt with it but wouldn't let me I never got a chance to make my say my point and the this child was somebody who had been seriously injured as well and I was the person who found him seriously injured and had helped him and it it hurt me so much that somebody would think that Mm. I would deliberately hurt a child or or hurt a child mentally by not letting them do something and it was it was just that whole thing of built up built up built up and um we'd had a change of staff I didn't particularly get on with the deputy um didn't, she was in the wrong school, didn't understand us, didn't understand our children. And I just thought, why am I doing this? Yeah. I was tired. I was worn out. I was fed up with fighting the system. You know, it was getting really difficult to get social services to help. We'd, they'd cut back on um, Ed Sykes. They cut back on everything. <laughs> You'd love it now. Yeah, I would, yeah. Um, and it was, I just felt enough. Yeah. Um, and the, I think also the other thing that happened was, I was so bogged down in being a year leader for this big group that the children had almost become an inconvenience in the classroom because what I needed was five minutes to, to yeah, do yeah, something or, yeah. you know, to, and or I would be constantly being interrupted with children being sent to me by someone else yeah. so that I could deal with them. And it, the actual joy of, and the prescriptiveness of what we were doing, freedom, so if I thought the children needed more time, more work on a long division or something, I couldn't do that because I was being told to move on. You've got to move yeah. on. And it just went against everything I felt. And um, also I had a lit I did a lit we were given a literacy scheme by the county, which I thought was rubbish, but I taught the lesson and was slated for it by Ofsted. And yet I was doing what I had been, been told, told to yeah. do. And I, I guess there was there was kind of a bit of a, you know, around that time certainly when I when I joined in, I say joined but got my first job at this yeah. school in two thousand and eight, there was a kind of you could see there was like a mind shift change. So actually there was a little bit more freedom. Yeah. And obviously from my point of view, as a well, it was an NQT in those days, that was quite daunting because although it was a three form entry, it was a bit like you just crack on sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it progressively got better and you got more confident and. Mm-hmm. You kind of understood and that you know you can't you, you can't undervalue the experience that people bring to the role no. and i think it's you know certainly from my point of view in that particular school i learned a lot of it myself yeah you know there was stuff yeah. available of course there was there was a lot mm. of resources a lot of money mm. slosh around in those days it was a big school you know there was a lot of money in education generally really mm. we're talking about what the last last days of the labor government or last labor government but you know there was a little bit more flexibility but you didn't, you know, what, what's really interesting, and I suppose admirable, is that you'd had all of these, well, it's not suppose it is admirable, is that you'd had this kind of negative experience to go, I'm out, I'm finished. Mm. But you didn't leave teaching, did you? No. What did you do? Um, I, uh, the other thing I just will say, I had, I had two very young teachers, one, one who was an NQT, and I found myself sounding like the moany old woman. And I <laughs> you thought, still are in a yeah, way, especially yeah. when you're able to go at me. Um, I, I didn't want to be that moany old woman. It wasn't fair to him particularly as a new teacher yeah. to have somebody who was pretty disillusioned with it by this time, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, I, what I did was I worked out what I needed to survive financially and I decided to do supply teaching and I wrote that I knew through obviously connections with the um, mm. the council, the local authority, 
And I think the second day of September, I got offered, would, can you come and teach? Which I did. And from and they, by the end of the day, they offered me three days a week doing PPA cover. And I stayed there for a long time. So you, you basically mm. turned a supply job mm. into kind of almost like a, a contract. Yeah, it was, it was still on supply basis. I was but still it getting it. it was permanent, yeah. like a kind yeah. of... You and know, that kind of happened this. everywhere I went. I went to another school one Friday afternoon and they asked me, would I do every Friday afternoon? And then I had another school where which was actually the deputy head that I'd worked with previously. Mm. And I started doing every Monday for them. And what was nice about that was I got the opportunity to just teach and be with children and also do nursery reception, which I'd never done and, and um, could walk away at the end. Yeah. No politics, no people telling me all I got was people saying, thank you so much. Yeah. You've done such a good job positive reinforcement all the time people were so grateful and again it comes down to experience right yeah you know um, you wouldn't be that you know because i you know our school now doesn't have supply teachers for a number of reasons largely mm. because of money um yeah. but also, this is not disrespecting any supply teacher that is listening or any casual teacher that's listening but it's it's a lot more hassle than it's worth in terms of safeguarding um, yeah. in terms of well, medical stuff yeah. all those sort of things <laughs> but actually we've all been in that experience and you would have been in that experience where you've got a supply teacher in and they've just been trashed. Like they've been oh, yeah. awful. And you're like, how are we going to get through the day without anyone, yeah. you know? Oh, I had two examples. One was a supply teacher who let all of the children out at 10 to three when we finished at three Brilliant. and went home. Yeah. I had another incident where a child from another class knocked on my door and said, Mrs. Jepson, our teacher's fallen asleep. <laughs> and he actually was fast asleep and snoring in oh, the classroom. God. Um, we had another one who her English was so bad she couldn't read the names in the register. Now I I struggle with some of the names now, but that's because most of them have been made up. They're sort yeah, of, yeah. and they're not always phonetically. Uh, um, yeah, I know. You know. Yeah. So you, you were. I'm going to sneeze. Yeah. Or maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm being dramatic. Don't know. <laughs> well, I'll ask a question. Then if yeah. I sneeze, then I'll interrupt you. Um, so you you mentioned the, the key word now. Yeah. Are you, are you, you're still I don't know why I'm asking because I know yeah but you're still teaching now right yeah so what are you what are you doing because it, do, to be blunt I'm, you don't need to do it do you no really? I don't no but you you're doing it because I love it okay <laughs> um and I've I've recently really really enjoyed for nearly a year last year mm. I did government catch-up scheme <gasps> yeah. I know I know we can't mention that can and we're we? not allowed but to it's, it was amazing. And it worked in this school? Oh, the school, yeah, absolutely, go. absolutely. But, of course, there are a lot of issues with it. And one of the things I would <laughs> say a is a lot of the people who ended up doing it didn't have enough experience to make it work. I was, mm. I, I, They basically left me to it. They knew me. I taught there a lot. I'd done lots of odd days for them. They basically just let me get on with it. And I'm because I've got enough experience, I'm not trying to big myself up here. That's well, you've awful, done a good job it? of that yeah. all the way through this podcast. I have to um, say. But I could say what children needed and what was the next step, you know. And so, um, and again, I built relationships with those children, really strong relationships with them over the year, so much so that one of the children actually disclosed to me that the school knew that there had been an incident in her life. But she actually disclosed to me mm -hmm. the whole story, okay. which she hadn't told anyone else, which was quite a tricky thing for me to deal with 
um shows that trust that's safeguard quick, though, yeah, yeah even just on a twice you know twice a week or whatever um so that was yeah so that was it really and i just uh i still enjoy it i don't work as much um, now mm. i could work i could work probably every day every week um because well there is still a demand for supply teachers there definitely and, is yeah but the problem is that, that you know, unfortunately, I always say to people jokingly, they say, oh, you you know, about supply. I said, well, it's actually not difficult to be a good supply teacher because there's so many really bad ones out there. Yeah, I mean, it, well, I, you, you know, know. <laughs> I, I seriously consider it in, in 2015. Well, last one, which we won't go into now, but, you know, it was it was a kind of, um, the, you know, I, I made contact with, and as, as you did, and you give them your experience level and they, mm. they just trip over themselves. They just yeah. hassle you. It's like oh, cold yeah. corn all the yeah. time. So, you know, I, I think what's really telling is that you've been able to forge these relationships and these kind of turning a supplier, a casual thing into like a, you know, a semi-serious commitment Yeah, yeah. quite quickly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you kind of not only you supply teaching or kind mm. of not supply teaching um because not like people are ringing you up in the morning or whatever no i don't you're I kind of you designated yeah. days yeah you won't answer the phone before nine o'clock no. or whatever or what, no. what what kind of because we've got we've got a few minutes left what okay. other stuff are you doing now apart from spending time with your grandchildren um what what are you what are you doing personally yeah. um well don't, don't say talking to me because we know that but what are you doing generally uh well i live in a small village very active in the village. I'm the president of the WI. I'm right. just about it's you asked the question. Hour. What are you doing? I'm just about to organise the coronation uh, party. Um, so what the coronation's going to damage children's education by missing a day? Yeah, that yeah, one. That one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that one. Um, but you, you know, you've got a lot going on. A lot right? going on. Yeah, and a lot so going on. I suppose what I'm I'll just come out and say is that you you don't need to work. No. You don't have to work, no. but with all this stuff that you're doing, and it is a lot, you know, I, I think you saying I'm, I'm present at WR, people will laugh at this, but that's kind of doing it a bit of a disservice in terms of the amount of community work that you yeah. do. Yeah, we do. You know, looking after a lot of people, taking people to hospital, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and you're still choosing to go into a yeah. school yeah. because you like. Because I, I love it. Yeah. And it's so lovely when I go back, because I do tend to go, I do tend to keep going back to the same schools mm. and it's lovely that they ask for me specifically. Um, and when I go back, they go, Mrs. Jepson, we haven't seen you for ages, you know, and I have, you know, so, and, and actually one thing I would say about supply, even if I go into a school I've never been to, that relationship, that building relationship starts from the minute those children come in the door or yeah. you meet them in the playground and you've got to start hello how are you lovely day and i've seen supply teachers who are just sitting at the desk when the children come yeah. in and don't even look up yeah. you build that relationship you know fantastic lunchbox love your hair you know what a great coat you know anything just to engage with those children and that starts the day in a way that they so, basically so <clears throat> losing my voice um you've got Say you've got ECTs listening to this or people that are, mm. for whatever reason, listen to this and contemplating a career in uh, teaching or education mm. or people that are currently training to teach that yeah. might be on the fence about either seeing it through or finding it difficult or just generally not kind of completely sold on teaching as a career. On top of that... Mm if you were put in front of Gillian, bless her, mm. uh, and they said to you, right, Liz, tell us how to solve 
the recruitment. So it's, it's two questions. First of all, what would you say to any early career teacher or someone currently training to teach? And also, what would you say to Gillian about mm. solving or trying to solve the recruitment and retention crisis? The, the second one's easier. I think what you have to do is give teachers more autonomy. Right. You've got to allow them to do their job and not interfered with on a regular basis and you've not got to keep changing and moving the goalposts i used to just say to people just let me teach just let me do my job i don't you know if i think i need to sing i'll sing you know if i need to stand upside down i'll stand whatever but it constantly being told and constantly changing and every time you get a new government or a new education minister someone someone else and they don't and also if you're going to trial something trial it properly just don't come up with an idea and go oh, i know what we'll do we'll mm. do this let's run that out in all schools um that's that's what i would say just i heard someone on your other podcast saying she trusts her teachers and she gives them themselves yeah. and do the job that's what would be good as for nqts i you can't call them that it's oh, ECTs. No, i did ECTs, that the other week ects um I don't know. I, I think they have to. They have to like children. It <laughs> was a good start, right? Well, well yeah, I've met loads who yeah, don't. Yeah, I know. I frankly, get it. Frankly, yeah. I just find myself thinking, why are you in this job? Yeah. Um, and and they've got to be prepared to work hard at building relationships. Some children walk in your classroom and it's instant. They love you. You love them. Others. It's, you just have to keep trying and trying yeah. and trying. And if it doesn't working, it's down to you as the adult to try and make it work. And it seems to me that a lot of the, not all young, not only young teachers, but a lot of the teachers I could come to contact with actually aren't that bothered. Oh, well, they'll be gone next year. Yeah. And that year could be crucial. I think I'll really, mm. you know, as you, you've always said, you've got to care and, and mm. you've got to not only enjoy it, but show people that you, or show the pupils that you enjoy it. Mm. and you want to mm. be there with yeah. them day yeah. in day out yeah and I you know I I think I said this on the first podcast I did with um with Louise about communities but the biggest thing for me is stepping into the role I'm doing now is not having a class you miss that mm. kind of real so don't have relationships now but that real connection with yeah. uh with you know 25 30 kids or whatever so yeah well, I thought I would but actually I can still get that now yeah even if it's just a day. Because you've got the experience. I can walk out at the end of the day and think, yeah, I got to know these children. They got to know me. Mm. And sharing a part of yourself. With them yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I was going to go for the magic number then, but I, I didn't. I was. We're, we've just gone over one hour and 30, which is quite phenomenal, really. <laughs> um, we, I mean, it's been, you know, obviously I knew a lot of this stuff anyway, but I really wanted to get my mum, uh, Liz Jepson, as it is on the on the card, um, talking to to. to to just talk about um, her experience, really. And, and, you know, I've learned an awful lot from her in terms of, you know, certainly in the in the early days, kind of asking for advice and how to structure stuff and, you know, how to move stuff forward, really. I don't anymore because obviously I know it all. And also, <laughs> I'm, like I'm asking you, I'm asking exactly. your advice Yeah, the now. tables have turned, haven't yeah, they? they? Quite, have. it, it, I would say it's been lovely to talk to you, as it always is. Of course it is. Um, <laughs> have you enjoyed it? Yes, actually, I have. Yes. You sound so surprised. Well, no, I thought I'd be more nervous and I thought I might say things I shouldn't say. I probably have said things I shouldn't say, but I don't think it's so. difficult when you're, you know, you, like you say, it's a different world now. Yeah. But you're still doing it, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Um, I've been your host, Ben Thomas. Uh, 
Liz, my mum, has been my guest. I hope you've enjoyed this uh, Twilight show. If you've missed any parts of it, you can obviously play it back over the usual channels, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, but just to say, I'll be back next week. Actually, I've got a, a, I've got a show next Tuesday because uh, I'm not around the week after, if that makes sense. So I'm kind of doubling up sort of in consecutive weeks. Um, be talking about uh, kind of private education versus the state school system. I've got a, a, a guest on. <coughs> who has worked in both. So we're going to get his views on how uh, how we've used those. Have a really good rest of your week. If you're on half term, uh, enjoy it. If you are not on half term, like me, and you're back in the groove, hope this week goes uh, very well for you. And we will see you next time on the Tuesday Twilight Show. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.